everybody. Welcome to the Dr. Hank Show. And oh my goodness, do we have some happy, big happy surprises for you today and an amazing guest. And you know what we do here? We help you to become your greatest possibility and we help you to have your dreams come true. And speaking of dreams coming true, our guest is Sandy Garlotta. Sandy, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Hank. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> well, you are just amazing. I mean, besides writing two bestsellers and of course, right up my alley with one of those being uh, happiness solved and and how exciting that is, but you really have been, you are an international figure uh, skating coach. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a gold medal in uh, skating. I mean, that is just amazing. And <laughs> congratulations to you. And, uh, and what I love is how authentic you are. And you, you shared with me in 1990, you hit rock bottom. So we want to hear how you go from mm -hmm. hitting rock bottom to being yeah. a gold medalist or whatever, being happy really is the key as, as I know you change as you teach. And then I know you have a new book coming out in the largest series ever in the history of the world with, with um, uh, Les Brown. And so with all that, where do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, my book, um, the Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps, um, the climbing 100 steps portion is kind of like a mini memoir where I, I have four chapters where I talk about my story and, um, try to, you know, I, I, I was authentic as I could possibly be, yeah. um, keeping in mind there's other people in my life that I can't talk about, you know, yeah, stuff right. like that. I have a son that's in college, so, you know, they yeah. had to tread a little lightly, um, <laughs> And then the happiness solved is the self-help portion of it, the self-improvement portion. And then there's also a workbook in the back of it where oh, people right. can do the exercises that I recommend. Yeah. But the climbing 100 steps, that was kind of, it's kind of a metaphor, but it was also, because some people say, oh my gosh, is there a hundred steps to being happy? <laughs> <laughs> there's not, thankfully. Um, it's just when I was growing up, we lived on the water on the Severn River outside of Annapolis. And there was a hundred steps that led from the river dock all the way up to the house. And I always found it to be, I was so happy when I was climbing these hundred steps and it was, you know, the movie Rocky was, was big then. And, you know, you're climbing the hundred steps and you're hearing this, you know, da, 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 you know, like Rocky just climbing those steps. And um, it was just a happy place for me. Yeah. Awesome. I get it. And then one day when I was 12 years old, it was actually two weeks before my 13th birthday, me and my girlfriend, I was called home early. I was brought home by boat because it was quicker. Yeah. And me and my girlfriend, we run up the steps. We're all happy. And my father greet us, greeted us at the door. And I learned that my older brother had tragically died while serving in the U.S. Army. And he was only 19 years old. And so my whole life just came crumbling down. Wow. And so 12 years later is when I hit rock bottom. Wow. And my whole life has just been about wanting to get back to that place that I felt when I was 12 going on 13 and climbing the 100 steps. 
How beautiful. I love that. So, yeah. So that's kind of where how that all evolved. And yeah. everything that I talk about in my book is the way that I've lived my life since I hit rock bottom in 1990, 32 yeah. years ago. Over, yeah, over almost 33 years now. And um, and everything I talk about in my book is I walk the talk, like this is how I live my life. Yeah. Cool. Every single day. And it's it's a it's a it's a journey, not a destination. Absolutely, absolutely. Can I ask on um, uh, when what how old were you when you got your gold medal? So in ice skating and figure skating, yeah, it's kind of I always explain it. Um, I use the analogy or compare it to karate yeah. or taekwondo mm -hmm. where you've got your belts. Yeah. So in figure skating, you have your levels. And so the gold medal is the top level that you reach and you pass a test and you, they literally give you a gold medal from the United States figure skating association. Wow. And so it's kind of like having your black belt in karate. So when I was a competitive, competitive figure skater in my youth, um, I never made it out of regionals. Things were very, very different back then. Yeah. That was when you had to do the figure eights, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was a little attention deficit. So to have a, a, you know, 12, 13, 14 year old little girl go around circles for an hour was just like, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> it was just, so yeah. that was what really kept me from going very far in the figure skating world because you had to compete in both figures and in Got your, it. in your freestyle. So, so later in life, in my late twenties, when I was coaching skating, I took up ice dancing and I was 34 years old when I achieved my gold medal in ice dancing, which was oh a very, very difficult feat to accomplish. Oh my gosh. That's fantastic. Congratulations. And just Thank amazing. You. I really got two gold medals then, you know, right. Girl <laughs> and then there. So share with us that uh, and, and everybody, all of us have our story and, and we have, you know, the passing of loved ones. We have the challenges, the, the, mm -hmm. the illnesses, I mean, all of that. And I think we'd all like to hear on what would you say, like on the top couple of things that you do where you were able to feel like you were going up those hundred stairs again as a child, so happy. So I think, you know, I get asked this question a lot Yeah. and, um, and it really boils, it boils down to shifting your perspective mm -hmm. around every situation with me, because I still have anxiety. I still have um, PTSD. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it starts with the breathing exercises because you have to calm your heart rate down. You have to reduce your anxiety. And the quickest way to do that is with deep breathing. Yeah. And it's just, you know, as many deep breaths as you need. Yeah. And then I focus on gratitude. Mm. You know, gratitude is so, so important. Yeah. Um, now, I say that with the fact that you have to go through the healing process first with whatever it is that you're dealing with. So yeah. it took me many years of therapy to learn how to heal and grieve the death of my brother because I never did. Right. So you have to deal with those big things first. Yeah. And then when it shows its ugly head, you know, and things pop up, then you can do the deep breathing and focus on gratitude and, and get to a place where you're able to shift your perspective and open your eyes up because there's always another way to see every single situation. Oh boy. Yeah. I just love that. And a couple of things that's interesting brought up breathing 
that um, I just completed a video on the three different types of breaths and I've invested thousands of dollars on breathing and people say to me, you know, Dr. Hank, I mean, like, are you, you might be smart in some stuff, but are you stupid? Or you know, we all know how to breathe, you know, but there is a technique to breathing and one of them is that deep breathing and the way I like looking at that is it's a connection to God the fastest way. In fact, the word breath, I'm also an ordained minister and the word breath actually, uh, the word spirit in the Bible actually means breath. And it's a fastest way for us to connect with our higher power. So I love that you do the breath on the breath. And then the second one on uh, gratitude that, um, that and I, I love appreciation, but you were saying in all of that, that um, in essence, you have to get, face it. And so I like using fear because fear is just the, really a misconception of what we're observing and, and thinking, like you say, changing your perspective. And fear is face everything and rise. That's exactly what you're doing is facing everything and rising. So I love that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's beautiful. And so, um, uh, so any other um, thoughts? I'd, I'd love to, you know, just these hundred steps. I think everybody can just visualize as, you know, a child yeah. being happy in there. I was at a place in Wisconsin um, where um, we would go in the summer called Silver Lake and uh, same type of thing. There were steps. I don't know how many steps there were, but there were a lot. <laughs> I never counted them, but uh, I just love, uh, you know, going back to just having these memories. We all really have wonderful memories, but most of us um, I think about what, what didn't, you know, play out the way that we mm. wanted to. And, and then we play that story and it's a way of changing stories. So, uh, other, other things you'd like to share with us on how to, um, uh, how to get to that happiness, uh, point or, uh, anything else, uh, maybe a little about your book too. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Before that, I just want to throw in one more thing about the yeah. breathing. You say that people say that we know how to breathe. Yeah. Well, we all thought we knew how to wash our hands and then COVID hit. And what are we doing now? We're just learning how to really wash our hands. So <laughs> there is more to it. There you go. Yeah, there's more to it. It's not just being born, being slapped on the right, button. There right. you go. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's interesting. So with my new book that's that's coming out where you mentioned when you were talking about the intro, yeah. um, I'm a co-author uh -huh. and it is the largest, um, the largest um, um, series book in the world. So That's I'm in book number 17 and my chapter is called happiness solved, change your perspective, change your life. Uh, so I go into a really more of a deep dive. I mean, in my, in the, my book, happiness solved climbing 100 steps, I do have a full chapter devoted to perspective. Uh -huh. Um, it's just, I wanted to elaborate on it even more because yeah. there's so many things that people don't understand about shifting your perspective. Yeah. And, and simply put, our, our perspective is the way we see the world. Yeah. But what happens is the way we see the, the world is also influenced by our perception. And our perception is what is, what is tr um, based on our, our senses, you know, yeah. touch, smile, smell hearing, you know, all of those are five senses. Yeah. And so the reason why it's so important to learn how to shift your perspective is because your perspectives 
becomes your beliefs, right? You, this is the way you see that you see the world, you believe it. Yeah. Those beliefs turn into your reality. And so if you learn to shift your perspective, you can literally change your life because things, the way things are today, doesn't mean they always have to be this way. The way I think today doesn't have to stay this way. I can change the way I'm thinking. Yeah. And there's such freedom in that, Sandy. Oh, to realize so much freedom. That we can just change our thoughts about, you know, a person, about our job, about your spouse, your kid, whatever. It's just a matter of changing that thought. And, uh, and do you have a, a, a way to uh, help improve people's thinking then? Do you have a, a, something you could share with us on what's a, a good technique uh, to change that perspective? Yeah. So, <laughs> so often, and I think on, when you were a guest on my podcast, yeah. you brought up how many thoughts we have a day and what percentage of those thoughts are negative. Right. And it's a matter of catching yourself in that. And, and there's a few questions you can ask yourself. One, which I think is like the million dollar question is, is it true? Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Is it true? Yeah. You know? Um, so often our brains will immediately, you know, the, the first reaction is always going to be emotional yeah. and our first reaction is a lot of times it's going to be more negative. So instead of focusing on what that person is doing wrong, why don't you focus on what they're doing? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they made that mistake. Yeah. Well, does that mean they're a horrible person? No. Yeah. You know, instead of focusing on the negatives, focus on the positives. Yeah. Yeah. There's those 60,000 thoughts a day that we have. And 80% of those thoughts are unwanted or negative thoughts. And then the real kicker on it is 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts we had yesterday, which means we get the same tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and it's, it's just that domino effect. Yeah. yeah. So by when you have that negative thought, and maybe let's just talk about limiting beliefs, because we all have limiting beliefs. Sure. And that's when you want to say, is it true? Mm-hmm. Right? Is it true? Um, in, in the chapter, I talk about how that in the chapter of the change book series, mm-hmm. I talk about how when I was um, 10 or 11 years old, I was in an art class, and I loved art. I'm a very creative person. Awesome. I'm a writer. I've, I've, my first book was a novel right? I'm a very creative person. And I loved this piece of art. And I took it to the teacher. I was in the fifth grade. I think I was like 10 or 11. I was a young fifth grader. So I I, I always have trouble remembering because my son was an old, he was always older for his grade. So I I just forget. Anyway. (laughs) So I take this piece of art to the art teacher and she looked at me and she goes, that's terrible. Who says that to a 10 year old, right? <laughs> I mean, art is subjective. Well, maybe you don't like it, but you know, yeah. I liked it and I thought it was beautiful and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but what happened is I spent the next few decades thinking that I'm terrible at art. Wow. It affected so many things because that was my teacher. I looked up to her. Yeah. So is it true? Am I terrible at art? No. Am I Picasso? No, but 
you know, and I still, the only reason why I haven't taken an art class is just because I don't have time to really devote to it, but it's on yeah. my list of things yeah. to do. Yeah. You know, at some point when I have a couple of extra hours a week, I am going to take a class and I am going to start painting and I just can't wait to see what things I create because awesome. I've held, I held on to that belief for so many years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's why, you know, we have to be so careful when we're, when we're talking to other people with, with what you say. Yeah. Yeah, no, because you know, it, I just love that. I mean, like this idea about is it true? That question will will help awaken you to realize that. Well, let's take a look at that. You know, it's just this one teacher. You know, and your belief now, Sandy, on the way that you said, I'm a very creative person. You believe that, mm-hmm. and that's all you need. You know, that's right done on you as you believe. And so, and it's this confidence and raise confidence in yourself and in uh, a great way. And it's all about your thoughts, you know, confidence mm-hmm. isn't like something that you can buy and upgrade or whatever that, you know, it's not like a car. It's about what I'm thinking, you know? That's and, right. Uh, and then your beliefs and the same with your beliefs. So I just love that. Yeah, I'm very creative and indeed you are. So you did good work that shows on, Wow, rock bottom, and just in that, on rock bottom, uh, not an artist to where, hey, I'm really creative. <laughs> That's right. Well, and confidence is something that you build upon. Confidence yeah. isn't something that everybody's born with. Right. It's right. something you have to build upon. And I do work with some very elite ice dancers right now. Oh. And and I had to work with with. I I do work with athletes on confidence because believe it or not, that is the biggest issue in athletic performance is confidence. And no matter, you know, Rafa, I'm a huge tennis fanatic. Like I'm obsessed with tennis. So like Rafa Nadal, Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, three of the greatest tennis players we we will ever see probably in our lifetime. Right. They still have issues. They still have to work on confidence. They, They, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. have to get out there it, because in, like in tennis, I, I like to use that because it's so it's points like you have to stay focused every single point. Right. It's not even like the game or right. the it's every single point you have to break it down. So when yeah. when they make an unforced error or they lose a point, you can watch them and you can see them, the self-talk and what they do mm-hmm. to get themselves back. Yeah. to bring that confidence back so that they can get out and get that next point. Yeah, what a great point. And, you know, and what it is, is uh, you've described in a couple of ways on um, a, a, like this, our, we use our senses. And so we experience, you know, a, a double fault or whatever in, in you know, tennis. Right. And that gets us down. And it's a matter of you really have to overcome. And so all of us need to overcome the experiences we've had, the opinion of other people, of other people, I call it the God with a small G, the God of other people's opinion, and uh, a PP, a people pleaser. (laughs) (laughs) And that, but we don't, we don't even realize, and that's why your magical question, is it true, is so good, because 
we just, you know, we believed it from the time we heard it, that it just becomes part of who we think we are. People say, oh, I'm a night person, or I'm not good with names or whatever. You can be whatever you want to call yourself. Right. And why not just call yourself, hey, I'm great with names. And uh, uh, and instead of a people pleaser, I'm a God pleaser. And, you know, right. line with God and to be on that. So I love that. Yeah, that's kind of us buying into what is. So what's mm -hmm. going on right now? And it's really old history because as you were sharing, it's really our attitude about it's our, our thoughts that create energy that creates matter. So that's why right. thoughts become things. And so you have helped us so much to awaken to what are we thinking? And what how are we thinking? to do that. Yeah. And to gain confidence. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I can think of all kinds of things just yesterday well, at the end of golf on, on how they were saying this one player, one of the best players in the world. Oh, he lost confidence because he hit that. And sure, yeah. he did lose confidence. Had a terrible next ball, you know? <laughs> and it's not, it's, you know, it's simple. Yeah. But it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. And here, you know, I work with elite, elite athletes. I also play tennis. I yeah. started playing tennis just a few years ago, then was injured for a few years. So I'm now, I'm back, You're I'm back out on the amazing. tennis court. But let me tell you something, when I'm playing, yeah. it's not easy. Yeah, It's not. And, and I think of it because I find myself after losing a few points, I don't even practice what I'm preaching because it's yeah. not, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. So I I'm out there on the test floor. I'm like, come on, like, you know, <laughs> Not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just did practice. yoga this morning and, you know, an hour of yoga and in this class and a hot yoga. And it's like, ooh, doggies, but I feel great afterwards. Yeah. And, you but know. you still have to work on it. And it's just yeah. such a practice. You have to practice yeah. at yeah. being happy. You practice switching negative thoughts to positive ones. It's all about practice, just like you're practicing for a marathon or a doctor yeah. that's practicing medicine. Uh, you know, right. <laughs> we, we, happiness is a practice. Oh, that's beautiful. So I, maybe I'm a happiness practitioner. <laughs> hey, there you go. I like that. I like that. Yeah. You know, I wrote a book, uh, The Happiest Man in the World, and that also I included some of my life in there. And uh, man, my like sister-in-law was really mad at me and <laughs> you know, because I kind of laid it out there. So you were smart in your book on that, uh, you know, you didn't quite uh, say everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, so, so, but my, my ex husband is thanking me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, that's fun. So um, in, uh, what would you say then for us to be happy that, you know, what are just some things that you uh, either do or you like uh, thoughts on uh, for us to be happy? Because really the name of the game, our soul's prize of all prizes is joy or happiness. Mm -hmm. And uh, so how can you help us, Sandy, to be a little bit happier right now? Well, of course, gratitude, because the, things can always be worse. Things can always be worse. So, you know, you're stressed out. Your day isn't going as well. You can always press that reset button, just like you see, you know, the Staples commercial, that button, you know, there's a yeah. press the reset button yeah. and you can reset your day at any moment. And it's also about just appreciating all the little things. Mm, yeah. Take time, you know, like, like my dog, 
comes in every day around 4 35 o'clock mm. and he'll start throwing the ball at my feet i've got a 10 pound yorkie poo named buster and he's he thinks he's he's training for the ball catching olympics in the 10 pound category you know um because he's obsessed with playing ball yeah. and at first like the first i'd be like come on i'm not done but then it was like stop just stop and 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 find the joy in that you know like he's yeah. you know if your kids are t- tugging on you take a break yeah spend time with your children spend time with your loved ones you know every day truly is a gift and and life is so short i mean we all have lost people life is so short yeah you know my and and i'll I'll tell a a quick tragic story sure that i talk about in my book because i feel like it really sums up how life can be taken from us yeah so my my ex my ex-husband and i we were divorced Mm-hmm. and we had shared custody. It was an amicable, amicable divorce by all means. Right. Um, and there was one night he had had some drinks. He was pulling into McDonald's to get a cheeseburger. A motorcycle came flying around the corner. They clipped. Both people died that were on the motorcycle. Wow. This happened two weeks after my son t- turned 13. Now, remember, my brother died two weeks after. two weeks before I turned 13. This accident happened two weeks after my son turned 13. A year later, my ex-husband went to prison for seven years. So talk about somebody sitting in prison who lost everything. He was a very successful lawyer. He lost seven years with his little boy. When he got out of prison in December, my son is 21 junior in college. He's now going into a senior. He starts this week. He's a senior in college. He turns 22 in early September. And um, so, you know, life is short and we don't know, like that could have happened to anybody. Yes, you don't drink and drive, but you know, people have two drinks and if you're over the legal limit and you're in an accident and somebody dies, your life is over. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Life can be taken from you. You can be on the motorcycle or in the car. You can be on either end of that equation. Um, whatever happens, you know, life is so short that you need to really take time to just appreciate every single day. Yeah. You know, stop wasting your life on this, on your phone, you know, go for a walk. About, you know, and it's back to 80% of the thought, you know, I'm worrying about stuff that most of the things we worry about don't ever happen. They don't. And, you know, and we've always, uh, like, you know, there's only a couple of instances that I, in, in my coaching where I've said, I mean, you've always had a roof over your head. You've always had a meal. And, the, you know, one person said, well, I actually haven't had a roof over my head all the time. And there was a time, you know, for six months or whatever. But, you know, the fact is that, hey, everything is a blessing. And that, yeah, to enjoy this present moment. And uh, we certainly have enjoyed all of these moments with you and your wisdom, Sandy, and the happiness. Thank you, Dr. Hank. Coach, you're just so precious and and uh, we love stories like that so sharing your stories on on how really to bring it home to us and um you know maybe we just say hey i i want to be happier you know and for us to just ask that that i'd like to be happier now and then your magical question is it true because most of the things that we have really everything we make our own truth about any and everything so why not make it on our side 
And with that, any um, last comments, uh, stories you'd like to share with us? Well, you just said, you know, you, you make up the truth about yourself. And so often, you know, we have a situation that happens, we have the story we make up about it, and then yeah. we have our reaction. And yeah. it's like, you know, something happens, you have a choice yeah. as to how you're going to, of that story, you're going to make up in your mind about it. And yeah. so think wisely about the stories that you're telling yourself and ask yourself, are they true? Yeah, because yeah, we cause ourselves so much grief. Yeah, you know, someone blows you off in the store. They don't, you know, and you're like, oh, can you believe it? They didn't even say hello to me, and you spend, you know, days, hours, whatever, upset. When it's like, well, maybe they didn't see you. Maybe they're having a really bad day, and they just don't. And that's, you know, what? Because when you do that, you're making it about you, and it's not about you. Right. Absolutely. That's for sure. You know, you're such a great storyteller. Could you just share with us uh, one more story? <laughs> you want another story? Okay. All right. So um, let's see here. All right. Let me talk about me hitting rock bottom because oh, that's, that's, that's a story that, that I, you know, I wasn't going to include that in my book. Yeah. And then I realized that if I didn't include it, I would not be the authentic person that I want to show up as. Right. So, so yeah, so I never dealt with my brother's death. Mm -hmm. And when my brother died, um, I made up a couple of stories about that. One, because I was so happy when I found out that he died, I made up a story that I couldn't possibly be happy because if I was happy, then bad things were going to happen to me. Yeah. Like how crazy is that? But as a 12, 13 year old little girl, I equated it. Oh my gosh. I was happy and something really awful happened. So I wouldn't allow happiness in my life for many years. That was the PTSD that I didn't understand. I didn't know that that's PTSD. The other story that I made up was that I just refused to admit that he even died because I never grieved it. So I made up the story that he was in the witness protection program or that he was, you know, a spy and that he couldn't come home or, you know, now granted that was probably a pretty decent healing mechanism for yeah. a kid. Right. Um, because I wasn't back in the day, like we didn't have therapy. We didn't, you know, so, right. and of course today I know that he's not coming back. Right. And once or twice a year, the really cool thing is I have a dream mm that he shows up at the front door and I open up the door and there's my brother yeah, yeah. and we hug and we have amazing conversations that I never even remember, but it, it's kind of like a gift yeah. that once or twice a year, he visits me in my dreams and lot. it's pretty cool. Yeah. So what happened was I was in my early twenties and I was, I was um, introduced to cocaine yeah. and I had never used drugs um, other than, you know, the occasional marijuana in high school or whatever, yeah. but I was, I would never, I was never going to use drugs. And so I ended up getting, hitting rock bottom with cocaine abuse. And I went into an outpatient program, but what I didn't realize was the level that I had reached in the cocaine abuse was that I used to would do cocaine until five o'clock in the morning and I would lay in bed and my heart would be racing and I wanted to die. And I would, I would ask for forgiveness of my sins. I was raised Catholic and that you were told that you're supposed to do that. So I would ask for forgiveness of my sins because I did not think I was going to wake up and I didn't want to wake up. I was 
hoping. So I reached that level. Like I never attempted suicide, but I didn't want to live. I, I was, and that, when I think back on that, it's like, whoa, you know, um, that's the level that it reached for me is that I, and, and thank goodness, because I could have at any moment, I could have, I could have died from a bad, a bad batch of cocaine. Right. Right. Um, so that was the big turning point in my life. And yeah. I'm so grateful for that because it's who I am today. It, yeah, it, brought, exactly. it put me on this path of being obsessed with self-improvement. You yeah. Know? So, oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And I love that. And, and if I can on that, the, um, so there really death is a misunderstanding and uh, we just transitioned back into the non-physical and it's back to as we believe. So um, if I think they're gone, so I'll give you an example. I, I shared with you that I, I uh, do yoga that my yeah, that's great. mother transitioned 15 years ago or whatever. And um uh, and we had a, a very good relationship uh, together, but now we have even a better one because she uh, no longer has resistant thoughts. Those 80% of those thoughts, no more of those negative unwanted thoughts. So she's angelic, if you will. And so when I do, and she loved yoga. So when she actually passed away, I started doing yoga and I could feel her presence. So I do yoga with my mother six days a week now. Wow. <laughs> So, so this idea about coming into your dreams, how beautiful that he's alive and real and loves you and will always be there. And uh, as we just invite these people in, they can guide us and love us. And yeah, we can't see them, but we can feel their presence. And Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's so beautiful with your relationship with your brother that you have now too. And then he comes and visits you, you know? He does. Um, Oh, yeah, man. I love it. I just love it. Yeah. Well, Sandy Garlotta, you are amazing. Uh, uh, the best-selling author. Get her new book. When will your new book be out? You're uh, only going to be like, yeah, the change. Um, you have to go to my website, sandyscarlotta.com, oh, and okay. you can order it through me directly because yes. there's 20 authors. Got it. You, you can't put each one out on Amazon and yeah, yeah, these co- books that are co-authored. Yeah. 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 Well, that's not some of them you can for this particular one. Yeah. yeah. But my other book can be on. Yeah. My other yeah. book is on Amazon. That's beautiful. And just for those of you that are maybe listening to this, Sandy is S-A-N-D-E-E. And then Lada is S-G-A-R-L-A-T-A and.com. And so Sandy, we thank you so much for being on uh, with us today that you just really have uplifted all of us. I just love those stories. And I think it's just a plan of all of us uh, that happiness that we can achieve and even better happiness that and those hundred steps that we walked up as a child, that we can have it and we can have it all. Thank you so much for being on the show. Dr. Hank, thank you. You're a blessing. All of you bless you. And know that Sandy and I both know how to give you happiness. So go get it. <laughs> Love you all. Bye-bye.